127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, what a do to the podcast crew. Hey, hey. Yeah, we're about to run it up in here. What up, boys? That was the widest rap I've ever heard. What up, boys? What up, boys? <laughs> and ladies, listening to the podcast as well. But gentlemen in the room. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thanks. What's up? Welcome to the mics on 127s. This drum mix is good. I'm just going to keep going. I'll just talk. I'm going to move this mic. Need my drum mix. Okay, dude. How, how are you today, Caleb? I'm good. It's a good, it's a good Sunday. Um, it's Sunday. He's throwing the whole podcast world off. Golly. Yeah, it's not Thursday, but it's a good Sunday. Why is it Sunday? Why? What are we doing? Well, we we are having to film in a different light this time because John's about to go to Colorado. So Colorado and Utah and uh, Arizona. Osaka. Oh, we are going through Arizona on the way back. Yeah. But it's a good day. It's hot outside. I'm going to sleep in New Mexico tomorrow. I'm sleeping in New Mexico tomorrow. Abulcacor. No, Old Mexico. Mm. No, the new one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it is mad hot today. Was it that? Was it this hot the entire week? Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. It's only 91 outside right now. But it's right now. Wait wait till it's like mid-July and it's 109. Gosh. I wonder if I should get my air conditioner fixed. I mean, you're going to be gone. When are you, you going to drive it? July this, this, 8th. This makes its third appearance on the podcast. July John's, 8th. John's unair conditioned car. So we, should, taking, we should put a poll out there. Yeah. Should I get it fixed or not? <laughs> July 8th. What are you doing July 8th? I'm going to drive my truck. To where? My house probably. <laughs> and to work? That's a Saturday. So not to work. Nope. But that's close. Hey, you were, you were thinking about your next big purchase is going to be a car, yeah? Hopefully. I, I need to get a more spacious car, but it's yeah. probably not in, in the next year or so. Pro- probably, if anything, next summer. But yeah, I need to save some moolah Dude. first. I don't know, but I think you should, uh, think you should keep your current car. <laughs> and pull t- the sticker off. <laughs> t- pull, pull, your, uh, pull your wrap off, dude. I, don't, I, I wonder if anyone actually knows, besides like the OGs, like people in mm. you know, the senior classification at A&M, <laughs> uh, know what what color your car actually is. Yeah. So funny story. My, I got rear-ended like almost two years ago, then went to Ohio on a mission trip. My dad was buying me a car and found a great deal on a lime green Ford Fiesta and wanted to get it wrapped. So if if you didn't already know, my car is lime green underneath. And if you were to pull back the hood, you see that it's, you get to see um, the the insides, blue and green. So it's my earth day car, basically. But, Earth Day car. Earth Day. <laughs> Sound like birthday. birthday. Yeah, birthday car. So it's lime green. Lime green. Mm-hmm. Have you repented for that sin? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I every single day. Whoa. I, every single day. I wake up and I say, Lord, I'm sorry that I have a green car. Really? <laughs> Are you lying now? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. So this is serious, serious. Can, <laughs> what was that? Should I? Should I? Should I need to repent from that? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. If you, you know, are content with it, then I think you're okay. 
Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> We're here. That transition was so clean. I actually had a better opportunity to transition this one than any of them, and it still failed pretty miserably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today we're talking about, I'm going to say this word once just so people know, and then we're going to use a different word, habitual sin. So we're going to use unrepentant sin or sin that probably you fall into consistently over an extended period of time, one that you just can't seem to break free. Yeah. So I think we got to start off again, as always with the foundation and the foundation here, which you shouldn't build your life on, but is sin. So what even is sin? What is that? I just looked at Caleb. I don't know um, your Caleb's definition. I would say mm-hmm. sin is, oh, no. in Romans 14, we see that anything that doesn't come from faith is sin. Uh, and then there's a few other different places in the Bible. I think it's clearly defined, but I would say um, living in a way or doing anything that God has clearly defined against, if that makes sense. Um, but anything that doesn't come from faith, I would say, is also sin. Yeah. It's a good play. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to eat my Tromex. Um, <laughs> I heard the Bible Project one time. He said that sin was um, missing missing the mark or falling short of the goal that God set for you. Hmm. Um, and so it would be, for me, like I like the the thought of them saying that, but it pulls some of the... Uh, the negative off of it a little bit for me. Yeah. It doesn't, we don't understand the seriousness of it of just like, Hey, I missed the mark. Sometimes we're just like, that's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, except for the fact that when God defined the mark that you have to hit the penalty for missing it is it, eternal separation yeah. from him. Um, and so it's not just, ah, eh, try harder. Um, and so, but falling short of the standard that God has, has set for us. Yeah, that's good. Um, so with that, um, now that we have kind of sin defined, so going against the will of God, um, it's, it's literally the opposite direction at 180 from where God is leading, um, and what God is doing, what would then make a quote unquote sin, a, a unrepentant sin or a consistent sin, um, habitual sin. I used it again. What would classify as one of those? I mean, if you were to break down that word that we are trying not to use the first part Just of go it, ahead. it yeah, is habit. So it's almost the idea that you're making a habit of sinning. You're doing it over and over and again. And there doesn't seem to be any growth from it. You know, first John talks about if we keep on sinning, that really the love of God isn't in us. And so it's almost this idea that even though um, we, we know something is wrong, we're going to keep doing it anyway. Uh, I would say that's kind of what habitual sin is or unrepentant that, you know, that it's wrong and yet you don't really care. Good. I I hear this argument all the time, and it's usually usually younger believers and, and people that um, sort of believe a watered down gospel. But but why do we even have to care about this if if Jesus paid for for all sins? Um, he's he's covered the debt of of everyone who does believe in him. So why why do I even have to take this seriously? Like it's already been paid for. Um, why can't I enjoy these things that make me feel good? satisfy me quote unquote satisfy me like why do i why should i care uh because the bible doesn't allow that um in its simple form um the argument uh brings some earthly logic into it that doesn't necessarily even make sense um but in its short form the bible doesn't doesn't allow make room for that because uh james two seventeen, faith without a changed life is a dead faith mm. um and so you should desire to be like Jesus, you should desire to honor God um, with your life. Um, yes, you are correct. <laughs> your your sins have been paid for, um, and 
and this is, I don't know if I want to open this up, um, because, because there, the theological argument here is that who did Jesus die for? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, he died for everybody. And so, yes, like, like Christ's death is available to everybody, but it's only effectual for those that believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those mm-hmm. that believe, then they will have a faith that changes the way that they act, that contends against sin. Otherwise, that faith is dead. And if you're not pursuing like holy things, then you're not going to see the Lord. I mean, we're, we're trying to break down, looking at um, walking through more than likely the book of Hebrews in the spring. And, and Hebrews 12 really does mm-hmm. attack that. Like it, you you cannot see the Lord without a pursuit of holiness. Yeah. Um, and and so those two things, when you connect those together, Jesus is like, hey, if, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, yeah. John 14, and you're going to contend against sin. Um, and so when you say, hey, didn't he pay for my sin and so I can do whatever I want to, that's Matthew chapter 7. I, I spent my life saying, Lord, Lord, and he's mm-hmm. going to go, depart from me. I didn't know you. You, you. you said that, sure, but you didn't pursue me. And so you have to take those things into consideration. The Bible just doesn't allow you to to function in an unrepentant way under the umbrella that Jesus paid for all your sins. Yes, which is true, but that yep. should change the way that you pursue it after that. Good. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> any good parent would would be offended if their <laughs> child was told to do something and the child immediately responded with, I don't need to do that, or, or willful disobedience. Uh, I know a better would, way. Yeah, and so I, I think even looking at this from a parent-child analogy of uh, if, if you say you love Jesus, why don't you do what he says? Because any good child is going to do what their parent says out of love for their parent. And so Romans thirteen fourteen says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Because as we've looked at so often that there's a, a war going on between the flesh and the spirit. spirit. And you can't gratify both the flesh and the spirit. And so to say that you're a Christian means to, to be gratifying the spirit, to be living for Christ. And so it's inconsistent, as John said, to be um, both in the flesh and in the spirit, because to be in the flesh would mean to gratify the flesh and its desires, mm. but to be in the spirit would mean to exalt Christ and to gratify the spirit and to do what the spirit says. And that's to obey uh, Jesus's commands. So, yeah. Oh, that, that parent thing, the parent thing's good. Yeah. Um, I think the Bible pushes in that and I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting you on blast here, Zach, but I want to take you back to last week when we talk about food. Um, cause Uh-oh. here's a good, here's just like a good example of this. Oh gosh. Um, parents are going to scream to their kids. Don't eat McDonald's. Just eat what's on your plate. <laughs> oh yeah. Most, <laughs> most parents are gonna be like, Hey, we're going to put vegetables on your plate too. Oh, we're going to, we're going to do things like that. Um, and and early on from through the teenage years and beyond, um, for some of us, it's, it's, we're going to ransack the pantry and the refrigerator, and we're going to grab everything that we can, that we think is going to satisfy us really, really quick. Um, and if I don't find it there, then I'm going to go to a fast food restaurant and I'm going to get it. Um, but then as you get a little bit older, some of the things that your parents have said to you about, don't eat that, eat this begin to come alive. Um, and the instant satisfaction of the things that we desired, uh, the junk food that we desired early on that we could eat whatever we wanted to begins to fade into the understanding that if we do this certain thing, we mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. probably live mm-hmm. longer. Um, and, and that goes into this may be our transition. I don't know what your next question is. I can't see your computer, but, we'll um, 
the the reason that we will choose our way, which would be the sinful way over and over and over again versus what God is calling us to is because we believe that this thing over here makes us happy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so as kids, it's candy, it's, yeah. it's chicken nuggets all day long. Um, mm. And, and the crazy thing is about that. And we would look at this and go, a lot of kids can get away with that for a while. Yeah. Their, their, their motors run different until they get, until they get older. And so their metabolism's higher and you can get away with some of those things. I mean, I, my basketball coach, when I was in high school would, would bring me half gallons of bluebell ice cream at a time. Just like, you have to eat these <laughs> because I mean, my, my freshman year, I was five foot three, mm-hmm. um, like 110 pounds. My senior Absolute year, baller. Would, yeah, my senior year, I was five foot 10, 133 pounds. God like, me. and I, I shot free throws really well. And so he's like, go into the lane and get fouled. It's like, coach, you don't understand. I go in the lane, I get broke. I like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, die. I get hurt in there. Yeah. And so I'm going to stay out here and shoot jump shots. But, but I could eat whatever I wanted to and never gained weight. Mm-hmm. And then later on that begins to shift your, your metabolism begins to change. Um, and so there are some things that I would desire to eat because I think they make me happy. Yeah. Um, but I understand the long-term benefits of, turning my attention to something else. That's the same thing I think with, uh, with a habitual, just a reoccurring yeah. sin in our life because we have a definition of happiness. That's not, not God's. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah. So we've kind of mentioned this idea of, uh, a little bit earlier on, you were talking about pursuing holiness and then obviously we've talked about the grace that's available in Christ. And so I think, again, this is probably an unanswerable question, but maybe we can get some insight of, of how do we live in the grace of God without abusing it and, and without, um, partaking in sin just because grace is available. Like where, where do we live um, in this kind of, I guess if you put them on two ends of the spectrum, you know what I'm saying? People are probably going to get tired of me saying this because I've said it so often in the last like five weeks, but sin leads to oppression and death. I mean, know that your sin always has consequences. Um, know that your sin always leads to death in some way. And so I, th- I think how do we fight habitual sin and how do we, live in the grace that's like free in Christ. Well, once again, know that your sin has consequences because when you know your sin has consequences, you're going to realize how much more freeing and how beautiful living in grace is because with grace comes freedom and blessing, but with sin become comes obedient or comes oppression and death. And so I think it's hard sometimes to um, not abuse grace when we water down the effects of sin, when we allow our, our minds to think that sin isn't really that bad, mm-hmm. like John said, but when we allow our minds to, to understand that sin really does always lead to death, yeah. it's going to make it easier to, to not want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the breath for me. It's- yeah, it's that, it's that breath. I, I was just trying to think of a, a good way maybe to word this. Um, no one is forced to sin. Yeah. And I don't think anyone sins uh, out of a feeling of responsibility to sin. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's rare, um, even in a secular world. Yeah. It's maybe not as rare as it used to be, but it's rare in a secular <laughs> world that people are like, you should live mm-hmm. in unrepentant sin. Yeah. Because even a secular world under, has an understanding of thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie, thou commit adultery. Like all of those that, yeah. that are biblical standards also carry some worldly weight with people that um, they just think of them as wrong. 
we I think we're blurring the lines a little bit um, in that. But but I don't think no anyone sins out of your responsibility to sin. Um, they, they sin because they believe that doing so is going to bring, we talked about, it, it's going to produce a, a happier outcome than if they did what, mm-hmm. what God had for them. Um, and, and I think all of that is wrapped up in this, in the, the really, really simple idea, sort of what Caleb was saying, a really simple idea of what we believe. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that that is better uh, mm-hmm. for some strange reason. Yeah. And, and so, and, and I think... Um, the Bible's really, really clear, even on this, if you take, we talked about this last week, I think you take everything back to the garden and you go, what, what did God do initially that led to the first sin, which is a weird way to say that, I think in my mind, but, but, but God said, Hey, um, you can eat from every tree, but not this one, except if you eat from that one, the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Yeah. Now, now we know that as soon as they ate it, they didn't die mm-hmm. right then. Um, but, but what he was presenting there was that even though you may desire that, it's not going to bring you ultimate happiness. Mm. And so you have to believe that my way is better than what that is. And then the enemy played off of that and put a different spin on God's words and was like, no, mm-hmm. um, if you do eat from that, you'll actually be happier than what mm-hmm. God is allowing you to be. He's, he's trying to pull happiness from you. And, and I think that's the, the, the thing that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so a lot of the world out there, um, especially when you think of um, transgender movement, the BU movement kind of thing, yeah. like they're allowing, they're saying you have to define your happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and do what makes you most happy and comes from within. Yeah. Just gotta search, search inward, live, live your truth. Uh, and so I hate the stone co bathroom. Um, <laughs> that's a story for another time. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, is it's, it really is everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you're not, if you don't participate in that, mm-hmm. I don't know why we're going this direction now, but okay. <laughs> like if, if we don't, if you don't participate in that movement that the yeah. world is putting out there, um, then you're hateful. In, in that. Yep. I mean, even, I mean, Ranger fan across from me, they're the only MLB team that's not doing a pride honoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm, yeah. I know I'm a center. I'm supporting the Astros. Well, they were, they were one of them and they, I think 2021, it, it they, caught up to them. Yeah. Um, and so they wrote an article and I just happened to see that. But, but the flip side of that is the Rangers were like, well, no, we, we support this like gay and lesbian softball league. And like, there's all these other things that they added underneath that. Yeah. yeah. Um, just as a, like, uh, we're supporting you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so all of those though are wrapped up in this, um, your definition of your own happiness is the most important thing. Mm. Um, and when the world is screaming that, but when the Bible points you in a, in a total different direction and you have to go, um, this is God's promises and I believe that they are best for me, but this is what I see on the other side. Um, and I, in the worldly sense, in a sinful sense, that's what's best for me. Um, the desire of the flesh, I mean, you have to learn Paul's real good at this of like make war mm-hmm. for that. And so even at the beginning when the enemy was like, Hey, yeah, the trees are good for food, but look at how attractive they are to, they're a delight to the eyes. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to make you wise. It's the pursuit of that that's going to make you happy. And so Adam and Eve eat thinking that they're going to get some sort of happiness, some sort of joy out of this Mm. um, when everything else was that provision. Um, Mm. And so their definition of that, 
is what caused all this havoc anyway. Um, but it was really just rooted after what they believe. Yeah. And so the two ends of the spectrum, you have to be like, okay, what am I going to believe to be true? Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's wrapped up in almost everything we intake now in, mm-hmm. in media and, um, like even, even some of the stuff we talk about, like without even thinking about it, it's, it's message behind it is find what, what's best for you, find what makes you happy. Um, and I think that's, Important to remember, um, because, um, our theology, what do you say? Our theology drives our something, something Dox, doxology, doxology. There it is. Understanding mm-hmm. of God pushes um, your worship of God. Yeah. And so I think when we begin to, like Caleb was saying, we have to be, be mindful that we're expanding our view of God and not just trying to box him in to understand him fully, uh, but continue to expand our view of God and let him, uh, define the ways that we see the world, uh, because, it's a never changing one. Um, if we've seen that the past couple years or even beyond that. Um, and so if we continue to seek him, um, and, and grow in our knowledge, understanding, but ultimately our affections for him, he's going to be able to drive, um, our viewpoint of that. But what? we've said all these great things, but, <laughs> but, but practically, man, how do we, how do we fight this thing? Like I get it. We need to break free of, of these continual sins, these unrepentant sins, how do we how do we actually do that? We say it all the time, but but what do we do? Uh, before we jump into that, now Caleb may have a great direction to go. This I, I, we didn't do this intentionally because I don't know I don't if know. we were going to go to the to like habitual sin is often driven in our pursuit of happiness kind of thing. Mm. Um, because intended, but yeah, yeah because it, it, it it's not wrong for Adam and Eve to be motivated by joy. Um, and so even in like, Hey, pursue that because Hebrews two twelve for the joy that set before me endured the cross. And so like, we understand proper view of that. And, and we didn't say joy in any of those things because yeah. we believe that joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift of God. Um, only Christ followers, uh, can experience joy. And yeah. so we have to be careful with, with that definition. Um, but, but when you're, and, and this is a counsel for a lot of college students in college ministry, they're going to come to me with two really, really good ideas. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think, Hey God, I have this opportunity. I have this opportunity. What mm-hmm. do I do? It's like, well, it's not in the Bible. Which one you do, which one are you most passionate about? Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Mm. Well, God has given you a spirit of joy and there are some things that come alive more in you when you lean into them than the other. And so which one gets, are you more excited about? There's nothing wrong yeah. with, with pursuing that type of thing. Um, because God made us that way. Like we pursue those things. And so we need to understand that part of it. We're not trying to steal yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. as the enemy would. We're not trying to steal your joy by, by bringing that into the habitual sin scent. We're talking about, talking about happiness um, in there. And so let's have that understanding before we mm-hmm. get into there and then talk about how to get free from this, this habit. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the verse earlier, Romans 13, 14, but two verses before that, Paul says that the night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. And verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And so I think it's this idea that how do we have victory from unrepentant sin, sin can have no victory when it's in the dark. Yep. And so bring it to the light. Uh, if, if you want to experience victory and, and peace and grace, you, you have to bring it to the light because you notice, like John mentioned earlier in the garden, there wasn't victory from their sin until God pointed it out to them that it was sin. Like, why are you hiding from me? Mm-hmm. And then was when victory could come because when sin is in the dark, 
there can be no victory. And so I think bring it to the light. It's the easiest way. Tell other people um, what you're struggling with. It doesn't have to be every single person, but find people that you trust and say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Can you be praying for me? Because Mm -hmm. sin in the dark, you can't experience victory from it. Yeah. What's that? What's that verse in James? Thinking of confess your sins, pray for one another, something, 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 something. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There it is. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Thank you. Powerful. Um, there, and all of that, 100%, like we, we contend in the open, mm-hmm. um, and, and believers seeing other believers battle, mm-hmm. um, make war against their sin is, is one of the more encouraging things. Um, because we're not on, we're not on islands. Um, yeah. a lot of struggles are going to echo in rooms mm-hmm. and for, for those of you that have been a part of 127, if you're here for that kickoff mm-hmm. Sunday night, like we see that put on display. Um, and, and so contending out in the open, in the light is good for you um, and, and helping your battle. But it is a, a powerful testimony to the body um, mm-hmm. that can be encouraging. Um, and the, the, the other thing that I would add to that, which I think is um, all of that's really good, is that um, sin, isn't, uh, sin isn't defeated through... Um, self-denial um, of like, we can go back to the junk food thing. Um, when we're younger, we just, we, you may even have an understanding that junk food is bad, but it just makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's bad, you're still going to do it because it's just like, this is really good. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. going to get this. The shift, the shift takes place when you begin to understand that um, eating nutritious foods is going to make you happy. Yeah. living longer, <laughs> feeling better, those kind of things. And so, so it's not, you don't defeat sin by denying self um, necessarily, but you defeat it by shifting your desire. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so the sin, sin, you win the victory of sin often when you change your desires, uh, which is clear view of Jesus, um, encouragement and community. Yeah. I mean, all of those things bring you stuff into the light. Again, your he said it already, but our proper understanding of God, our theology leads us to our response yeah. um, to our worship and not just our song, not just yeah. how we respond but in a church live. service, but how you live. Yeah. And, and so like our understanding of grace through faith, our righteousness, it's a gift from him. All of those things fuel like a long-term desire. Um, it shifts our understanding of joy and happiness in Christ, and it will change how we contend with sin because sin becomes less satisfying mm-hmm. um, and other things become more satisfying. And so it's a, that part of it, it, we talked about the, the, the Bible project's definition of what sin looks like and kind of softening it. Mm-hmm. This also sort of softens it in a way that it's like, Hey, you don't actually have to fight against sin. You just got to fight to know Jesus mm-hmm. and the, the sin struggle becomes easier. And for a lot of us, we kind of go, oh, like that's a better, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a that's a better way, yeah. And I, I think that's important. Are you about to say something? No, okay. No. Uh, I think it's important because people view sin just as like, oh, I just struggle with this, or I struggle with X, Y, or Z. But um, it, it pours into a lot of other areas in our life, and I've seen this through documentaries of of church leaders falling. It's it's one little sin that then leads to another one, and a bigger one, and a bigger one, and soon before they know it, it's, it's all over their life. And then they have to take a step back and they have to find themselves in community and, and be restored by the spirit. And so, 
Um, that's, that's something that I tell people when, when, why do you take your sin seriously? Because before you know it, it's going to take over your entire life. Um, and, and uncontrolling that and not bringing that to the father, it's dangerous and and you want to be wary of that. And so, um, these last few minutes, I just, I just want to lay before you guys and and y'all can run with this, but do you guys have any encouragement for those people who have just been struggling for so long, um, with, with any sort of habitual sin that they just cannot seem to break free of? Um, any sort of words of advice or encouragement to those people? Yeah, I have a few thoughts. Um, first of all, know that in Christ, y- you have the victory eternally. And so th- there is no sin that can snatch you from his hand. There's no sin that can separate you from the love of God. And, and you must know that there's nothing that can separate you from him. And so that's one thing. Um, two, Philippians 1, six says that what he started in you, he will complete. Mm. And so that that's both a um, salvation to eternal destination, but a sanctification to an eternal. Um, Finish the one letter. Come on. Let's see. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> a, a salvation to an eternal home, but also a sanctification to um, a, a perfect state. Harmony. Perfect harmony with God. And so like, know that your sanctification is a process that he's going to finish. Yeah. And so don't, don't feel like you have to be perfect now. Don't feel like because you can't win now that there is no hope because Jesus is going to finish it. And so I, I think that is encouraging. Yeah. Um, but also to know that um, sin is not, is not your nature anymore. By children, before Jesus, we were children of wrath, deserving of hell. We were sinners by nature. And yet Jesus has changed our nature to be his children. And so know that once again, you have the spirit inside of you who uh, is, is changing your nature to become more like him. And so know that it's not on your, your own strength as well. It, you have Jesus who's, who's perfecting you daily. And so uh, you can have victory. Yeah. One degree of glory to the next. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our, our desire for every college student is to see them. I mean, if you take the churches, church's mission statement to make Christ your own share and with all you take 127's mission statement of, of just standing firm and striving together. Um, all of those are wrapped up in just like bearing fruit. And that's Matthew 3, 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Just memorize that. Um, like if you desire to make an impact for the kingdom with the life that God has given you, um, your fruit is going to be based off of your repentance. Yeah. The recognition of sin in your life and the, the spaces that aren't glorifying God and turning your attention um, back to him in all of those spaces. And so that, again, that's a positive thing. Repentance is, is mm. challenging negative. I yeah. get it, but repentance leads to fruit. Mm. And so if we would, we would recognize that and, and also recognize like you, you are in a battle and, and Paul does, again, we said it, Paul does this better than anybody. Like we fight the good fight of faith in his first Timothy six. And, and we just contend mm. uh, because we have to, because it's difficult. And if your fruit is based off of your repentance, which is a difficult thing, and, and faith is something you have to fight for, which is a difficult thing, the only, like the fuel for that is a clearer picture uh, of Jesus. And when God becomes the source of your joy, um, then you're going to be much more um, resolved, passionate. You're going to desire more so just to fight for that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, like a better picture of him leads to this, but it takes you being convinced of that. Yeah. And that's what we see with, with college students who are walking in unrepentant sin. I could probably just go, you haven't seen Jesus clearly, mm-hmm. or you haven't seen him clearly in a long time because yeah. you would be fighting against that naturally, um, mm-hmm. within yourself. And you would surround yourself with people who would also be doing it for you. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's about all we got. Hey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Man.
Thanks for being here. On this Sunday, released on Thursday. See you later. Break them habits. <laughs> Break them habits. Break them apart. Like the Rays did the Rangers. Oh, <laughs> snap. Broke their they, habits. They did. They did.